Welcome to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. I'm Eric DeGeer, business coach, massage therapist, game designer, and your host. This podcast deals with a wide range of interests framed within the five mountains, physical, mental, financial, relational, and spiritual. This month will be focused on the physical mountain, which involves our body, health, strength, stamina, and flexibility. Enjoy. All right, so here we are with another episode of the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. I'm here with Richard Gregston, who is a trainer with the genius of flexibility. We're going to be talking today about what exactly goes into the work that you do and how it relates to massage therapy. I've really found that the flexibility work that Richard and his team do really applies a lot, not only to the physical side of things like we massage therapists deal with, but also to the mental side. Richard, do you want to introduce yourself and tell a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hello, everyone listening. My name is Richard. I'm a trainer with the Genius of Flexibility. The Genius of Flexibility is a nonprofit research and education corporation run by and founded by Bob Cooley, who is also the founder of Resistance Flexibility. So how long have you been doing this and how did you get into it? I've been doing this now for six and a half years. It's kind of a story about how I got into this as we discussed a little earlier. So it's not as simple as, oh, my body hurt and I got into healing. That was definitely a part of this story. When I was 16, I was drunk, angry, punk rock hockey player. And when I turned 20, I went through a spiritual experience that was really intense and changed my life. It wasn't drug-based. It wasn't anything like that. I discovered it through meditating in a garden when a friend of mine was texting me with some drama. And I was just like, why am I dealing with this drama? I'm in the most beautiful place in the world. So I discovered meditation that way of just going into myself and going into my body. And through that meditation, at the time, I was reading tons of books on, you know, what they call physics for layman books. And when I went through this meditation and coming out of it and all the experiences I had on the other side of it, long story short, I started seeing people as different organs. I started from the spiritual perspective I was in, I saw how people were kind of vibrating differently and how those vibrations kind of created different pathways that people took through time and space or different choices that people made in their life. And I started seeing it as like, wow, this person's having a lot of brain energy or wow, this person has a lot of heart energy or this person has a lot of some energy, but it's the opposite of this. And this was all, again, when I was 20 years old, you know, knowing nothing about spirituality, I'd been doing a little bit of yoga, nothing serious. I went and saw a therapist and the therapist was like, yeah, it sounds like you're onto something. I thought I was going crazy. I was out there. And then over time, I didn't really know what to do with any of that. I got kind of depressed and I kept just doing what I knew best, which was I kept playing in a punk rock band and kept being a drunk. I developed more of a direction of pursuit of knowledge, but I was still just partying a lot and I was really depressed and not too happy. During this time, I got a degree in environmental horticulture and I had my own gardening business for a short amount of time. And I also then went back to school for mathematics and physics because I wanted to explore more of this meditation. During my pursuit of an education, I ended up living in Atlanta, Georgia, working at an ice hockey rink. I couldn't actually go to school out there. A lot of things happened. I ended up in a really bad place where I was really overweight. I had hurt my back playing hockey and I was really unhappy with my job and a lot of things in my life. So it was in one week, I broke up with my girlfriend. I broke the lease that I was in and I quit my job. 
And after that week, during my two weeks notice at work, playing a pickup game with some guys and I really hurt my back. And I ended up going to the doctor a few days later and they wanted to put rods in my spine. And I was just like, man, I'm 24. I'm an athlete. I mean, I know I'm not in good shape right now, but I don't want to put rods in my spine. That doesn't make sense to me. During this time where I was injured in Atlanta, a friend of mine called me and was like, hey, I got a friend that does this kind of body work. It wasn't resistance flexibility. It isn't what I do now. But what it did was it introduced me to what the real service of healing is. And it gave me a lot of realizations about what the pursuits I was having through gardening and how I wanted to serve people and through physics and mathematics, how I wanted to serve people. I found this as a way more direct and effective way of serving people. And that didn't make me want to abandon those other pursuits by any means. But it did make me want to take on a healing craft of some sort so I could serve people in this way as well. So after that session, I was feeling good enough to jump in my car and drive across country. So I called my dad and I told him, hey, dad, I just basically blew up my life here and uh, I need to come home and heal myself. Do you have a, a room for me to stay? He was like, oh, of course I do. And hell, I'll meet you in Austin so you don't have to drive the whole thing alone. And so he flew out to Austin, Texas, met me halfway. And that was the first time I experienced resistance flexibility was the year I had been living in Atlanta. My father had gotten involved with Bob Cooley and there was affiliate studio in Austin, Texas, ran by a man named Jay Lyons. And they stretched me for my first time. And it was the first time in three weeks I could stand up without being in pain. I was still a little crooked and it wasn't 100%, but I could stand up without pain. I was like, wow, that's a miracle. Eventually, I'm at home. I had just gone through a lot of trauma and the five years going up into this moment was pretty dramatic. And I'm finally home. I'm finally at a state of rest. And I'm just basically smoking weed all day and being like, hey, dad, can you stretch me? Hey, dad, can you stretch me? And that was great for about two weeks until he got pissed off that he was stretching me a bunch and I was just smoking weed. So we started fighting. And then he finally got me to actually go into Bob's studio by saying, how about somebody other than me stretches you? And I have no idea what to expect. My dad's a total hippie. He's got a long braid. He's, you know, 68, healthy. So I was expecting, you know, some little hippie colony. And I go in and the person he introduces me to is uh, someone who's now a good friend of mine, Karen. And Karen's this old school punk rock woman with sleeve tattoos. And I'm just like, all right, this is kind of my vibe. And as I'm walking into the studio and meeting Karen, she directs my attention to a poster that's a circle of Bob's stretches, and which are all Hatha yoga poses, ultimately. And this circle has different stretches, different colors, different organ associations with those stretches, and high and low personality traits associated with each of those organs. Mm -hmm. And I just remember looking at that and being like, oh my God, he figured it out. Whatever I went through five years ago, whatever I started seeing, whatever clarity I had, I feel like he went through that and maybe I should hang out here a little bit. <laughs> and then after Karen stretched me, which was a great experience, I go and get some water and I hear the bathroom door open behind me and I turn around and there's Oprah Winfrey standing right there. I was just like, okay. I just turn around and say hi. And she's like, hi, uh, can I get some water? And I was like, oh, sure. And I just ran out before I made an ass out of myself. You know, But that was a powerful moment for me because that made me think that, God, this is a person who really could be anywhere on the planet doing anything she could possibly want to do. And she is in this building. And after the dumps that I had been into, that just for some reason was a moment that struck me. And then about five minutes later, I met Bob. Meeting Bob was, I want to say it was a, a really cool experience, but I'm worried that that makes him sound gooey or something like that because people talk about meeting these teachers. You know, they talk about how they immediately felt some elevation of consciousness around them. 
there was none of that with Bob. And not only was there none of that, but there was none of what I was familiar from the yoga community of people really acting very spiritual. In my personal experience, he is one of the, the sweetest, most ultimately caring people I've ever met. And I feel more than privileged to have met him and for him to have taken me mm -hmm. on in the way that he's taken me on. Like all great teachers do, they create conflict for mm -hmm. people. One of the challenges of this work is learning how to deal with the conflict that he ultimately creates in you mm -hmm. to help you transmute and move through something. And I see a lot of people who clash with that and have a hard time dealing with that because mm -hmm. in the healing world, the healing world is so much about peace and love and healing things from a space of love and all that, which Bob is definitely doing. He's just doing it on a level that's a little deeper than I think people in America mm -hmm. are used to experiencing in the healing world. So he will go into straight conflict with you out of pure love because he sees you fucking up and doing something dumb. He will yell at you and scream your ear off and say some rash mean things to kind of wake you up and set you on the right track. For me and the upbringing that I had and the, the life that I had before that, that works really well. That's one of the reasons why I absolutely love Bob and I get along with him so long. He's by far the smartest human being I've ever met. And I see how he cares about and really pushes the people around him to be the best that they could possibly mm -hmm. be. And, and I think some people have conflicts with that because yeah. some people don't really want to heal and change. He's very psychological. You know, he sees things happen psychologically with people. And I think whenever anybody says anything that gets close to what somebody has going on psychologically, they react mm -hmm. to it. That's, I think, a natural yeah. thing. Yeah, and I want to get yeah. more into the psychological aspect of it. But yeah. just a quick recap for people. So what you were telling me before with Bob's history. So Bob Cooley got in an accident and ended up doing a massive amount of studying on stretching and has kind of combined Chinese medicine with yoga into a system of almost stretching, but combined with personality types, yeah. like kind of Jungian. I, I want to hesitate to say that he combined it because that was one of my first hesitations when I first came into this work too. It was like, oh, it's super easy to put Chinese medicine meridians on top of yoga poses, on top of some psychological stuff and sell it to people. It's a sexy concept. And I think it is a direction that us as humanity wants to know. So I was skeptical. The story of how he actually discovered and came into these types mm -hmm. and how he did take information and guidance from different places. But the information that he's put together is very new and very different in a lot of ways. Bob has added and changed meridians that are in Chinese medicine based on what we now know today about movement biomechanics and the body that you know the chinese just yeah. didn't know three thousand years ago so it's kind of taking all these different ingredients and cooking them together in the pot and coming up with some new elements to these ancient pieces of wisdom about the body and about psychology which i find really fascinating that not only you have chinese meridians different personality types which are connected with these organs and connected to the body yeah, the origin story for that, I think, goes really well together with also the biomechanics of the stretching, because I don't, I don't think that's something we want to drop out. He discovered these personality types when he had been trying to heal his body for nearly 12 years and eventually realized that he was strong and he was fit by all accounts, but his digestion still wasn't working. He was still, you know, troubles staying continent. He describes himself as just being an angry, pissed off person all the time, and he was in a lot of pain still. And he realized that he doesn't need to get stronger. He needs to get more flexible.
He studied at the Harvard Medical Library, as you mentioned, studied a bunch, and eventually learned that Western medicine does not have any actual literature on how to make the body measurably more flexible. He talks about this story that he heard about a Chinese man who wanted to make a million dollars, so he sat in a chair until he came up with an invention to make a million dollars, and what he came up with was a pressurized container you put tennis balls in to bring life back into tennis balls. And he was like, well, I'm trying to bring life back into my body, so I should just go sit in my apartment and stretch. Hmm. And he obsessively stretched 12 hours a day. And eventually what he figured out is he needed to feel the contraction of the muscle to actually get a full deep stretch in the muscle. And once he figured that out, he started just obsessively stretching with contraction. And when he stretched with the contraction in his muscle, this particular muscle that he says he was stretching was the medial hamstring. And as he's stretching the medial hamstring, he felt his pancreas contract. And when his pancreas contracted, he's like, oh, that's, that's kind of weird. And he called up his friend who's a Chinese medicine doctor. And he says, hey, I'm stretching my medial hamstring and my pancreas just contracted. Do you know anything about that? And she's like, oh, yeah, of course. The pancreas meridian runs directly through your medial hamstring. He's like, uh, I, I don't believe you. I hung up the phone. He was very Western educated. He had taught at Williams College, had ran think tanks in movement and kinesiology, had run dance companies. So he was very passionate about movement and dance. And he was very Western and science based. So he didn't have any belief in Chinese medicine when he was getting into this. He had some education of Gurdjieff training before that and some mm -hmm. esoteric stuff before that. But ultimately, he was going into this pretty blind and very close minded. So as he's stretching his medial hamstring, he starts stretching his quad because that's biomechanically the balancing muscle group to the medial hamstring is the lateral quad starts stretching his lateral quad and he feels his stomach contract. And he's like, Oh, that's weird. And being the scientist that he is, he calls friend in Chinese medicine and lies to her. Oh, I'm stretching a muscle on the back of my shoulder and I just felt my stomach contract and start digesting food. Do you know anything about that? And she goes, no, that doesn't make sense. The stomach meridian runs through the lateral quad. And he's like, oh yeah, that's actually where I found it too. Thanks. And hangs up the phone, goes out and buys every book he can find on Chinese medicine and starts doing stretches to try and heal his internal organs and heal his digestion. And he starts getting excited about these stretches that he's inventing. And he goes out into his movement world and starts showing people these stretches. And they're just like, oh, those are yoga poses. He's like, no, it's not yoga. It's different. And he just ignores that for a little while and then went back in and kept stretching himself and over time he started noticing that as he was doing these stretches for prolonged periods of time one stretch for 12 to 15 hours a day for a week straight and he started noticing that these stretches were changing his personality. They were changing what colors he was attracted to. They were changing how people were talking to him and relating to him. They were changing how he was expressing himself to other people. So he started writing all that down and cataloging all that. That is how he developed what we call genetic personality type theory, which is the whole ethos of, I guess, what he's, he's created from that. Guided largely by Chinese medicine, really led into his own discovery that happens to line up with a lot of other ancient stuff. It sounds like the promise or the outcome that people can look for is not only injury recovery, which you yourself have had injury recovery with it. It sounds like Bob had injury recovery with it, but also finding some type of peace or some type of mental change, mental shift. So would you mind running us through like the normal session? Our practice is typically over an hour and a half session. We do a complete biomechanical analysis of your body. We measure your range of flexibility in all of your muscle groups or all major 16 patterns in, that are in the body, I should say. And those 16 patterns, which are a combination of adduction and abduction of a limb, extension or flexion of a limb, 
and internal or external rotation of a limb. Mathematically, that is two cubed. Two cubed turns into eight. So you get eight movements in the arms, eight movements in the legs, and that's how we have 16 meridians. So every meridian is a movement that is a combination of all three of those vectors. So we will analyze your flexibility in all 16 of those vectors. That analysis of flexibility also comes with analysis of where the dense and hard tissue might be or dense and accumulated fascia. And when fascia gets dense and hard, it turns into scar tissue and eventually becomes almost this alien object in the body that cuts you off from sensation, circulation, all that. If that's what you get out of your first session is, okay, this is biomechanically where everything is. I tell people all the time, this starts as a physical practice. We are starting with the body and working up from there. So you can tell about someone's personality by measuring their flexibility range. Yeah, we see a concomitance with the flexibility that somebody has, the amount of scar tissue or dense fascia that somebody has in the muscle group, and how healthy that organ is in their body, and then the health of that organ resulting in something about their personality. And then all the things that affect personality. So, you know, if somebody has some sort of trauma, and whatever that trauma might be, there will be dense tissue in the body to reflect that trauma. There will be dense tissue in the body to reflect whatever choices and ways you've developed through your life. So what ends up happening is over time as we remove the dense tissue from the body and you start getting better sensation of different parts of your body, things in your fascia and memories that are held in your fascia get unlocked. People start becoming more sensitive. As they become more sensitive, they, they kind of start processing new information. That processing of new information is their personality actively changing as we are removing dense tissue. So what happens over time is we're stretching, we're having a good time, we're solving biomechanical problems and people feel better. But then as we go through that and as things come up for those people and as they start to change, we can kind of give them information to help support them in growing however they want to or choose to grow. The basis of theory is people say mind over body all the time. We're staunchly body over mind. And if the body is functioning and you heal the body and fix the body, then the mind just gets to be free and gets to open. Ultimately, where the research is at, you know, whenever I have a client come in and whenever I'm working with someone, I'm learning from them too. They might say something new after doing some stretch, changing some part of their body. I'm like, I didn't know that had to do with that muscle group. I didn't know how that had to do with that organ. And that's how we're still in the research and developmental part of that. Everyone's basically coming in and being a volunteer test subject for us. And it's a pretty cool, fun thing. And then of course, we're doing all of this work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't get into this work because I wanted to work on other people. Most importantly, I need to fix my body, myself. You know, I want to get back to that amazing spiritual place I had when I first meditated. Yeah. And I want to be back to that sense of clarity and that sense of decision making that I had before instead of being depressed and in the dumps. And so it was about fixing me. One thing that's really cool about the model that we have, the model that Bob has very intelligently created and protected, is he's making sure that we're all getting worked on while working on other people. My ideal day when I'm at home in Santa Barbara, working out of the Santa Barbara studio, I wake up, I ride my bike into the studio, have a client in the morning, get to bike out to lunch, ride back to the studio and trade with somebody, get my work in, get to work on somebody, get to really discuss and get deep in into this work with another trainer in the afternoon, having one more session and getting to ride my bike home. That is an ideal, perfect day. You know, the big part of working on clients is as you're going through something, clients will sometimes tell you what you need to know as you're going through something. So yeah. it's a really cool relationship that you have with your client. And I've actually had really cool synchronicities as I've grown and developed out of, you know, the dark places mm -hmm. I've been in uh, with the clients that have come into my life and into my practice.
That's super cool. I know that for most massage therapists who are listening, they've had kind of some similar experiences to what you were just talking about, where the client will start talking about something or telling a story about their dad or about a past experience. And you're like, oh, it's weird. Whenever I work on you know this part of their back or on this chest, it brings up these stories. And in fact, there's this book that I mentioned in my coaching. I do one-on-one coaching with massage therapists online or the phone or in person. I also run a coaching group for massage therapists called the Massage Success Club. And we run the, the free group which is the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. Anybody who's followed my stuff knows I super recommend the Body Keeps the Score, in fact, for people who work for me or just working with me at business coaching. It's a requirement for them to read. It's fundamental, I think, to being a massage therapist. And it's really fascinating, just tying back into what you're talking about, is this idea that the trauma is stored within the body as stories, you know, in the fascia. And by going instead of a mind over body approach, the body over mind and helping as a healer or as a practitioner, helping people fix the issue, you know, remove the dense tissue, remove that part of their story that they've been telling themselves that's like stuck in their body and helping realign that with how it's supposed to be, whether that's some trauma from the past, some injury that now has a bunch of memories and mental scar tissue, if you will, wrapped around it. Unwrapping, unveiling, and peeling back the physical scar tissue, you're helping them deal with all the emotions that have gotten stored up in the body. Not only that, but we have a roadmap of what emotions and what traumas you can expect to be in certain muscle groups and how they affect the body and how they affect your health. So not only do we have a roadmap of how these these traumas might show up in the body, for example, we can predict where you know certain trauma might show up. You can stretch that and feel that in people's bodies. And yeah, based on the different movements and where the fascia might be, we can predict what traumas might happen in, in somebody's life. So you're not just removing it, you're changing it so you can transcend it and rise above it and transmute it into something better. In kinesiology or in medicine, the type of movement that we do is called pandiculation. It is a contraction of a muscle. And while that muscle is contracting at usually about 80%, we then assist the person in a stretch where we extend the muscle or lengthen the muscle while they're contracting it. And because the muscle is contracting while we are stretching them, it's engaging their fascia tissue. And because their fascia tissue is engaged, the body is protected. And then as we move them, we are searching for and feeling where the dense tissue is in the body, or we're taking your movement where it's the hardest to move you. Um, Because fascia produces something like three to 10 times the amount of force that muscle tissue does. That's another point. During a session, I'm not the only person stretching you. I need help. I cannot move somebody's leg, all the fascia that's been built up in it through a lifetime of walking and being an athlete and doing whatever that they were going to do all by myself. So I usually hire one or two people to help me stretch somebody. And that allows us to overcome the forces of the fascia uh, while we stretch. Yeah, it's all about growth and improvement. So for someone who wants to experience this type of work, is it pretty limited where you can find experience to it? Yes, sadly it is at the moment. We have currently two studios open, one in Santa Barbara, California, and one in Boston, Massachusetts, obviously. And a few of us travel. I personally travel to Idaho and do road trips a lot. I have friends who travel to Puerto Rico, San Francisco. We have affiliate studios in Palo Alto and Austin, Texas. There's a few trainers scattered about, but in terms of the most updated version of this work and you know what the core group who's really pushing this work forward is, 
yeah, the, our two home studios are Santa Barbara and Boston. So basically, you got to fly out to Santa Barbara or Boston, mm -hmm. or you got to catch one of us when we're out and about. Or if you know you have the means, you're always welcome to fly us to any corner of the world for us to do work on you. Looking from your own life perspective, how would you define happiness? I define happiness as a few things, actually. I think there's an absence of problems that comes with happiness. Not necessarily you don't have any problems, but you're able to solve your problems and deal with your problems well, or your problems are small enough to, to not affect your life too much. There's also a, a calm and serenity. How do you define success? I mean, happiness is definitely a part of that. <laughs> I truly believe, and I could even argue that this is in our Bob's body psychology system, that success and happiness are actually completely dependent on each other. Are you successful if you're unhappy? For me, success definitely has an element of happiness in there. I don't think success has anything to do with money. I don't think success has anything to do with any image or anything material. There's an element of that because I think material stability is important for being happy. But for me, success really comes from achieving mental states of being and, and new levels of clarity and healing for myself. Happiness is definable but success is more relative. They're just interesting. Everyone has different definitions of it. I don't think there's any true one definition of it. Fascinating just to hear everyone's idea of what that looks like. So we're going to play this game. Uh, how do we do this? So I just take the one off the top yeah. or do we shuffle them? This is 420, the card game. Back in 2016, created this game. It and the companion game, Happy Hour, are available on Amazon Prime and our website, potatogames.com. So we're going to answer a few questions from it. Just see what fun conversations we can have from it. If you could travel to a specific time in history, whenever you wanted, where would you go and why? Uh, that's a really hard question because there's a lot of interesting moments in history. Uh, history was one of the only subjects in school I actually enjoyed showing up for. When it comes to just what my heart and soul possibly want out of just pure joy, I'd have to go with like 1960s rock and roll. You know, get being able to see Jimi Hendrix live or like the Rolling Stones early in their prime and get to be a part of that cultural revolution that in so many ways spurred every cultural revolution that's happened since. Cool. Yeah. yeah, Rome would definitely be one of my top ones. It'd be so cool to travel back then. All Next right. one. Number two. If you had to die in an exciting way, what would it be? As a joke, I'm just like, oh, crucifixion. <laughs> God, I've really never thought about that. Skydiving or mountain climbing. <laughs> that's all dumb. Driving a sports car off a cliff. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe going to space. You know, something big and adventurous and pushing the envelope like that. I think it'd be cool. You want to do another one? All right. You can pick your best one for your podcast. This is fun. All um, right. I'll pick out one. Wear a push-up bra or stiletto heels every day. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I feel fortunate that this is not a problem I realistically have to deal with. But it is hilarious for guys to answer it. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'd have to go with the push-up bra because I'd be terrified of what the stiletto yeah. heels would do to my hamstrings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> would you rather attend your own funeral or your own birth? Do I get to pick when in life I get to do that? Or is that something that happens after I die? Uh, I think you'd travel right now and be able to view it. Hmm. If it was something to happen right now, I'd like to see my birth. That would be really interesting. You know, you feel it as a child in your soul and stuff, but to actually witness 
the love and effort that would have gone into you becoming a human mm. um i think would give you a would give me at least maybe a different appreciation for life and mm. the love being able to actually visibly visibly witness that kind of love from your parents rather than all the different ways that you know that kind of love can get twisted and manifest as we grow yeah um and then the idea of seeing my own funeral i you know particularly now in life kind of scares me because it's like oh god that's where i'm headed you know i don't want to know where this is going to end that would ruin the surprise and the joy of life yeah a lot of ways i think that's interesting because you're the first person to give that answer really yeah a lot of people have picked funeral actually actually anybody that i've asked this question to has picked funeral interesting like i want to hear what people have to say about me (laughs) oh but i like the way that you put it like being able to see all the effort and kind of energy that surrounded you emerging into this world yeah and then the resistance to the idea of seeing my funeral. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm not too scared or worried about what people say about me because it's all been positive and negative my whole life. And I kind of figured out haters are going to hate. And yep. People who hate, you know, hate me, love me. It's all the same kind of yeah. thing. All right, cool. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks, Richard, for being on. Yeah, for thank the you show. for having me so much. And yeah, it's been fun talking with you about this whole thing. And how would people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more? You can email me, Richard Grexton at thegeniusofflexibility.com. Grexton spelled G-R-E-G-S-T-O-N. Or you can find me on Facebook, Richard Grexton. Find me on Instagram. It's a rich stretch. I'm not really active there. Thanks a lot for being on. For everybody else, we'll see you all later. You have been listening to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist podcast with Eric DeGear. If you would like to join our free group, you can find us on Facebook at the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. If you would like to reach out for one-on-one coaching or to join our Massage Success Club, you can find us at thegear.biz or massagesuccess.club, where you can fill out an application. As always, see you on the flip side.